0: Do you have snoring, sleep apnea, TMJ, or teeth grinding? Does one of your kids struggle with snoring, sleep apnea, TMJ, or teeth grinding? If so, they may benefit from a myofunctional therapist. Myofunctional therapy is a therapy that is not as well known, and it is one of the reasons why I wanted to have my friend Madison Scott on the episode today to talk with you about what myofunctional therapy is, who it benefits, and how it can be so incredibly life-changing for those who have sleep problems, TMJ, neck pain, shoulder tension, anything that is going up on the body, basically from the shoulders up, headaches, migraines, the list. Goes on. There are lots of problems that can be connected with our sinuses, the development of our jaws, our tongues, things that you may have never thought about. And so today, we're going to be diving into all of these things and what a myofunctional therapist does. Quick hint, and maybe an easy way to think of it is it's basically PT for the mouth. But if that sounds boring, I hope that you stick with me. If you have personally ever dealt with problems talking, chewing, swallowing, sleeping, uh, or had colicky or gassiness as a baby, or have any children with that, this episode you are not going to want to miss. I really, really hope that you enjoy hearing about this rarely talked about therapy that is growing in the field of dentistry and in speech, speech pathology. I'm so excited to dive in. Let's get going. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. Awesome, guys. So I am so excited today to have on my friend, Madison Scott. So Madison is... Uh, orofacial myofunctional therapist. And the reason she's on today is multifold, but I actually know her because she works in the office right on the other side of the wall from mine. So we actually see each other on a regular basis when we're at work. And I wanted to have her on because we just had a series of podcast episodes on the gut connection to other parts of the body. We had the gut skin connection three weeks ago. We had the gut breath connection after that. And then the week prior to this episode, we had the gut sinus ex- that was hard to say, the gut sinus connection. And in honor of the gut sinus connection, and as kind of like a part two to it, I wanted to have a sinus and orofacial expert on. And that is my friend Madison. So you guys know how I met her or how I know her. She's in the office next to mine. Madison is a registered dental hygienist and an orofacial myologist, which you guys are about to learn what that means. Madison has over 15 years of experience in the oral health field. And she continues to dive deeper into the world of total body health, which you're going to hear about in more of her story. She's got just a really beautiful story. So Madison is super fun. You're about to find out. And the, actually the moment that I knew I wanted to have her on the podcast was when we were, it was, we were both done with work and I was walking past her office. And I just thought this would be a great story to (laughs) start this with. And I was humming and And Madison just like pops out of her room and she's like, are you humming? (laughs) And I was like, I am. And she was very excited and started telling me all about the positive effects of humming on like head and sinus health. So who knew? I'm so excited to bring you guys Madison Scott from Dexter Dental Studio here today. Madison, thank you so much for being on the Better Belly podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Awesome. So, Madison, I really want to start off with how did you get into OMT? Or so that's, and just so you guys know, that that's short for orofacial myofunctional therapy. So, we'll probably use OMT a lot, or at least I will. Um, And the reason I want to know, Madison, is because a lot of your listeners probably have never heard of it. I had never heard of it prior to meeting you. You have changed the lives of some of my clients, which we're going to talk about. Um, But how did you hear about it? Like, who, what
1: was your entry point? You know, it's so funny you ask that. Um, I went to school at the university of Michigan and, you know, four years bachelor degree. And I had never heard of myofunctional therapy ever. Um, I had heard of some of the disorders that we see in myofunctional therapy, tongue tie mouth breathing, but no one ever talked about what you do for that. And, um, gosh, several years into my practice, um, I have unfortunately some health issues myself. I have some back issues, although they've been greatly improving um, thanks to um, between my therapies, your therapies, um, and some chiropractic care and just really taking better care of myself. But I needed to look at other options besides dental hygiene. That is a very labor intensive, hard on your body intensive, um, career. So, um, one of my dental hygiene colleagues and friends from college reached out to me and said, Hey, have you heard about myofunctional therapy? And I had to hit Google. I had no idea. And I didn't want to tell her no. (laughs) so I, uh, I had to go on the Google and, um, I started reading about it and, it blew my mind. I had never heard about it. I had no idea that was an option for dental hygienists. And it's not just dental hygienists that can provide myofunctional therapy, actually. Um, And I can get into that a little more. But um, I had no idea. So I told her, no, I haven't heard of this, but it sounds amazing. Tell me more. And so she had shared some courses she had taken and just said, you know, she's just getting started, but hey, I should look into this. So I did and thought, you know that'd be cool to do somewhere down the road. Well, unfortunately, gave me a little uh, wake up call back in I know 2018 and um, at that time I was at a really amazing dental practice that, you know, was very supportive in how can we help our hygienists and our our team further their careers. And so I went to them and said, "Hey, this is something I'm thinking about doing. Myofunctional therapy sounds really cool." I still hadn't, I didn't know much about it still at that point. Um, And so when I was looking at needing to practice dental hygiene less, my doctors looked at me and said, I think it's time for you to jump in. I think you would be really good at this. Why don't you explore it more? And here I am. And um, thankfully, I'm in a better place physically. But this has been so eye-opening that during the course, I had no idea. I had my own functional disorders, you know, I was a mouth breather when I was a child still was mouth breathing from time to time, and didn't realize how much of an effect that had on my overall health. And it was mind blowing to me. So you know, I started treating myself um, finding out I had sleep apnea and all sorts of things that um, we can dive into a little bit more later. But that is really what brought me into my functional therapy and opened my mind and my eyes up to it's myofunctional disorders surround us and people need to know about this and it's important to address. So it's, it's one of those modalities, like we were saying that people haven't really heard of including people who are in the field, um, speech language pathologists uh, can, you know, provide myofunctional therapy as well. And yet there are so many out there that are not familiar with myofunctional disorders, just like dental hygienists, just like dentists. Um, so it's, it's quite fascinating,
0: by the way, guys, Madison is the only myofunctional therapist in the Ann Arbor. Do you say, is it the Ann Arbor Washington or Ann Arbor Dexter region, um, in Michigan Ann Arbor, Dexter region? Yeah.
1: We've so, got, um, some wonderful people that I've trained under out in like the, um, Shelley township area and up in Clarkston, but yeah, there's no one in the Ann Arbor region, but me. Yeah, so we're talking
0: about Southeast Michigan, if y'all are not from Michigan. We have plenty of people who are not from Michigan or even from the U.S., but if you are in the U.S., and especially if you're in Michigan, keep an eye on this and just make note that there are people out there, um, but it might be a little few and far between just because it's growing. So it might be worth to take a a minute um, to connect with Madison. And also, just to you note, know, I am actually was going to say this at the end, but Madison, you can do an evaluation in person, but then you can do any next like consultations and coaching for like the therapy remotely, correct?
1: Absolutely. You know, there are some times where I do require hands-on therapy. I think that that is important to do some hands-on therapy. So it's something we talk about where, you know, depending on the situation, I may see them once every four visits in person, or we may do so many online and then we get to a certain point and say, Hey, you know, it might be better for us to see us. And I can do stuff completely virtually, just knowing that the success may not be as great when we are hands-on. Um, but yes, we can do stuff just like we're doing now, you know, on zoom, it's very easy to do those therapies. So online
0: just keeping um, in mind that guys, if you are in the Southeast Michigan region and you're interested in improving either you or your child or your spouses or partners, um, oral facial health. So I do want to pause on this real quick before we keep moving forward. Cause we're going to talk about conditions that Madison and myofunctional therapists work with. And how do you even know if you're like, somebody who should see Madison and like, what would be some of your signs and symptoms and, and how like what she does actually connects to all these other conditions that aren't even necessarily like just apnea. So I'm going to let Madison talk about that, but I really want to also sit on the fact that I know a lot of our listeners um, that your, your mothers, your career women, and your you're struggling with your health in one way or another. And one of the things I love about Madison's story is that she's in this really cool place. She's helping people in a way that brings her alive. Um, and she's also like helping people in a way that actually helps her help herself. And that that's possible. I just love when I talk to Madison and when I consider these, these amazing stories of people who are her doing cool things, whether it's in the field of health or not, a lot of times there's this moment of, Choosing and saying I I want something better for myself and and Madison chose to seek a new career option that she could that was complementary with her skill set but also could help her have a healthier posture and a healthier you know work schedule and so um, I just want to encourage y'all to like hear her story and realize like you're not stuck where you're at and if that's the only thing you take away and it has nothing to do with sinuses and you think OMT is cool but you never think about it again um, just that maybe think about a little bit deeper. Can you think about um what it would be like? And Mass and I was curious, was it scary at all? I know you said you had a really supportive, I mean I know the dentist you work with. And so I'm in that <laughs> office. I like work in my office is in a <laughs> dental office, even though we don't do dental. But um like was it scary even outside of like the supportive staff
1: was was there scare, fear, anything as you were transitioning? Oh, absolutely. I was transitioning to something new I've never done before. Absolutely. There was fear, but it was fear that you could take hold of and say, I'm going to do this and Mm. you'll get better. And that's, that's where I was when I started out in dental hygiene, it was terrifying seeing my first patient. Um, And I'm sure my hands were shaking as I held my instruments, that poor patient, but with practice, we always get better. And with practice, you know, we learn more in our experiences. And the beautiful thing about our field and yours as well is we're continually learning too, which helps us. And um, another wonderful thing in, in this world that we're living in today is, you know, there are so many online platforms where we have support that can help walk us along in our fears. Um, and I think that's such a beautiful thing you're saying that you shouldn't be stuck and it's okay to explore and it's okay to be afraid because it gets better. But yeah, absolutely. I was terrified. <laughs> I was, <laughs> but I knew it was something I needed to do. And, uh, you know, it was terrifying. Um, but it's funny. I talk to my friends now and whenever we get into this topic of what I'm doing and uh, there's always someone that they know that I can help and that, you know, I can collectively help with other providers like yourself. And, you know, my friends always say your, your eyes light up. Like, this is what you were meant to do you're so passionate and I'm sure you get the same thing. I see it when we talk. (laughs) So yeah, I think that's important, you know, that although fears you can work through those because, you know, it's what you're meant to do. I love that, that delineation you made of like, it's a fear you, I think you
0: use the word control or something. It's a fear that you, that you can grasp opposed to like a fear of like, what if I stay safe. Take hold of, yeah. Yeah. Like take hold of, that's what you said. It was really nice. Like, um, you know, there's the fear of, well, what if it doesn't work out or what if those are like, what ifs, but then there's the fear of like, well, this is new and, and it's just fear inducing just because it's new, but I'm actually taking hold of it and 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 choosing to write my own story and that's even the reason I'm even doing what I'm doing is is in a really similar vein of that, of being sick and then getting better. And so you might not end up jumping into the health field and maybe you will, whoever you are for our listeners. But, um, you know, I even have a client right now who's gotten really improved in her health. And she told me recently that she and her husband are thinking of starting a business because they want to transition out of her being a W2 employee to being able to create passive income through creating something they're passionate about. So they're, they're using, you know, different two skill sets that she, a skill set she has and a skill set he has to build that and to really dream. And I was like, it's so exciting to hear her say that. And she actually said, well, I actually even can dream of it because I feel better. So that's a whole other thing, but like,
1: it's amazing.
0: (laughs) <laughs> women women owning, owning and rocking and ruling the world. Well, let's jump back into the, the yes. mouth and sinuses. I would love, um, Madison, can you tell us more about how our mouth and our sinus health and just like oro facial because oral is oro is mouth and then facials, like everything in the face. How does all that affect our actually body health, the rest of us?
1: Sure. Sure. Um, so, what we look for, myofunctional disorders, what we see often are, you know, people who mouth breathe, um, people who have TMJ pain or who have um, thumb and finger sucking or nail biting or forward head posture. I mean, how often do we see that, especially in this day and age, Um, snoring, sleep apnea, tongue tie, tongue thrust. I could go on and on about what myofunctional disorders we look for, but what those impact especially in children is our craniofacial development. And that unfortunately can result in smaller jaws. And we're, I'd hate to say this, but we're almost looking at an epidemic um, with jaw development in these increasingly smaller and smaller jaws. Um, Our ancestors and had their width teeth, had a full mouth of, of teeth that were, perfectly straight with no issues and they didn't have dentists. So a lot has changed from their world and ours. And what we're discovering is our jaws are shrinking. Our heads and are shrinking. Why is that? And well, there's a lot of different things, I think we can go into, you know, the standard American diet, right? We can go into convenience. A lot of um, children are given, and this is, it's unfortunate, but we see it all the time. And I'm not being negative to towards any parents who do this, but convenience, right? So pouch foods or soft foods, um, a lot of picky eaters, a lot of intolerances that we're seeing nowadays. And gosh, that could be, I'm sure a million podcasts in itself, but those contributing factors and genetics and um, really, I mean, I think it goes down to diet and breathing, we're getting these smaller jaws. So if we have someone, for instance, like I said, breathing, if we have someone who's a mouth breather versus a nose breather or nasal breather, their mouth is open and their tongue is sitting low as they're trying to breathe. Right. So this constant tongue, low, open mouth posture, then as they're starting to develop, they're not developing properly. And so they get this more narrow, longer face. And And we're seeing that a lot. And part of what happens with this guys is that your,
0: your bones grow not only do, do they like, oh, we're a femur. So we grow long, like your bones kind of have that in their DNA, but also they grow in response to pressure. And so we have these things called osteoblasts on, on our bones and they sense, well, where is there, where do I need to be? And so if you're sleeping at night and your jaw is open, um, you might think, oh, my child's relaxed. Like you can literally go in and look at your children and be like, or look at your husband or whoever you're looking at at night, if they're dead asleep and if their mouth is open, um, it it's it's not that, oh, it's so cute they're drooling or oh, it's so cute they're relaxed. Like, oh, oh, thank God they're not clenching. You know, that's a separate problem. But but it's actually that their their muscles, their musculature is changing because it's the muscles aren't holding the jaw up. And then even all the muscles underneath the jaw get tight. And so then there's like swallowing stuff, I think you've told me in the past. There's neck stuff. Yes. I don't want to steal all your <clears> thing. <throat> But the I want to I, I think there was a I'm I'm interested in biology and I think I knew that answer right there and and because of my craniosacral therapy Absolutely. background Madison and I actually understand each other I think a little bit more inherently than is even <laughs> like a natural person would understand but um like so it's not it's not a cute thing like when Madison says mouth breathing you're not like oh let's uh, it's a, she, it's probably not that big of a deal. These myofunctional therapists are paranoid or like pouched foods uh, that can't be bad for people, but, but it is. And, and then we're going to talk about, I'm going to have Madison talk about in a moment, like why having a narrow jaw is so bad for you and all the things that come from that. But, um, okay. So we got the narrow jaw and I, I, I interjected there to understand like, why are why is sleeping with your mouth open causing narrow jaw? You got narrow jaws coming um, out. You also ha- from mouth breathing. Um, yeah, what about, tell, tell me about like TMJ or how, how is that going on? So again,
1: um, in a, TMJ, there's so many different causative factors for TMJ. It's not always underdeveloped jaws, although that can be a contributing factor, which then can cause ear trouble, sinus issues. I mean, everything's connected, right? I I can't, if I had a dollar for every time I said that I'd be rich, but, um, you know, with TMJ, then that's a whole slew of other issues. And, but having those smaller jaws can contribute to that. And then we're seeing, you know, more clenching, more grinding TMJ is, like I said, it's a multi-causative factor, but there's a lot that can be done for it. But yes. when you have someone with TMJ, you have someone who's typically full of anxiety, who has facial pain and they're miserable. These people are miserable. They oftentimes have issues with their hearing because the TMJ is so related and so close to that inner ear. Um, oftentimes they're mouth breathers, they're Bruxers. And by Bruxers, I mean, they clench or grind their teeth. Um, and why so why when, is that? Why would, why would grinding
0: be connected with mouth breathing? Because one state's open and one state's closed. I'm so
1: glad you asked that. So bruxing, especially in nighttime, clenching, grinding, we used to think it was just related to stress, right? And we didn't really put two and two together. And it's not necessarily mouth breathing, but it's an airway issue. So our body at night, is having let's say an episode of sleep disordered breathing, whether it's just resistance um, upper airway resistance syndrome, or um, snoring, or full-on obstructive sleep apnea, which I'd love to dive into deeper because I am a sleep apnea patient and I, I am a skinny mid-thirties woman, so I would like to touch more on that. But we will <laughs> um, when. Yeah, absolutely. But when, when we are grinding or clenching, the idea is almost like your body is sending signals and sirens to wake you up, to keep you alive, to help you continue breathing. So you're moving that jaw and repositioning that jaw. And it's oftentimes because your your tongue is not posi- positioned well, and it's actually falling into the back of your throat and creating an obstruction, right? So your body is literally doing its own CPR, to open up that airway. And so it's moving the jaw and it's it's pushing the jaw around to help open up that airway and move that tongue. So that's why often we'll see like mandibular advancement devices where we're pulling that lower jaw forward. There's all sorts of crazy stuff online. You can get to suction your tongue or you can do myofunctional therapy. And it's not the only thing that causes um, clenching, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, We we know it's related to parasites. We know it's related to a lot of other things, clenching, grinding. And again, that can be an entire other podcast. But, you know, when in terms of airway, which it's very, very closely related to. So if anyone is doing any clenching, grinding, we oftentimes will say a sleep study is really warranted. There's an airway issue there. Right. Um, I know
0: like when I was a kid, I had ear problems, like I had chronic ear infections um, that I had to get tubes. And then the tubes didn't come out super well on one side. So I had multiple surgeries. I had teeth grinding. I had sleep problems. Like I had low iron. Well, they thought low iron was causing my sleep problems. I had a sleep study done. Just like when I hear you talk about these things, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me as a child. And I slept with my mouth open, like um, I just know that. Cause like my tongue would be dry and my lips would be dry. And I snored because my family said they could hear me snoring. And so it's just like, I kind of cry a little bit thinking like, I wish I had you. Um, I totally had crooked teeth. I, know. Um, <laughs> I say that all the time. Right. Then thankfully I didn't need my jaw reconstructed, but, but I do think my jaw is when I started doing craniosacral therapy, I actually learned that my tongue muscles and my, my uh you Suprahyoid muscles, the muscles above my hyoid bone were really, really tight and that my TMJ is almost gone since I started doing cranial sacral therapy because it helped get rid of this like chronic tension in around my head and help my temporal bones move, move and stuff. And actually craniosacral therapy partners really, really well with OMT. Um, and so that's actually why Madison and I will, we'll send each other clients. Cause it's kind of like, oh, they're not going to get better until they see you and then we'll toss them and then they get better. But, um, but that narrow jaw then doesn't give the tongue any space to be where it, it should be, or it makes it harder for the tongue to have that space and then so that you're more likely to have these tight muscles. And so it's kind of like this circular problem of, of you start off with the kid with your jaw, not developing super well, because you're doing lots of sucking and the, like sucking your thumb and sucking your, sucking your pouch, pouched food and, um, and then you're sleeping with your mouth open and your airways aren't developing. And as your airways aren't developing, then you're, then you're sleeping more with your mouth open and now you're snoring and, and, and then your face isn't forming right. And now you have really crooked teeth and you're getting braces, braces out a whole new pressure system to the head. Um, or maybe you get teeth taken out or you get your jaw broken to re- it's like, you just see all these things and it's like, well, what if we just had really good like almost like hygiene. It's not the right word, but like, like good practices with how we use our mouth as a kid. And then also of course, as we get older, as adults, um, you have a fun percentage. And I actually want to grab this real quick. Cause most of our listeners are adults though. We do have moms on here. And so I'm sure yes. they're thinking about their kiddos, but what's your percentage of, you've told me this once, like how much improvement you can see in someone who's a child and how much improvement you can see in someone who's an adult with Myofunctional therapy?
1: So, with myofunctional therapy, I think the percentage you're talking about, um, because it varies with every kid and every adult into what else is going on with them, right? Um, but the percentages I think you're referring to is the sleep apnea or maybe, AHI maybe. index. Go for the that. Tell apnea me. hypopnea index that we see. So, and it's a really good indicator of what myofunctional therapy does. It's oftentimes, that the sleep apnea has a lot to do with um, basically flaccid tissue and a flaccid tongue, right? So if we can tone and strengthen the oropharyngeal musculature, the the basically the musculature in the back of the throat, getting the tongue in the right position, getting your lips closed, we see a reduction um, in adults with sleep apnea at about fifty percent, and in children sixty-two percent, which is major. And when we really start looking at The cycle is just there. You really perfectly described it, right? You go from being this child who is putting stuff in their mouth and they have a pacifier that is prolonged and they're not breastfeeding again, not knocking anyone who's unable to do that. But I do encourage you to seek help if you are a breastfeeding mother attempting to be, but doing those things in in bottle feeding and having sippy cups with hard stuff in mouth breathing, whether you're congested or, you know, maybe you have this blockage then turns into more mouth breathing. And like I said, that cycle continues and then we're in braces, but we're never fixing that soft tissue dysfunction, which is what I do. So braces are wonderful because you get this straight mouth, you get straight teeth, but if we're never fixing that soft tissue dysfunction where the tongue is thrusting forward, or we have a tongue tie, or we have mouth breathing and we're never addressing those things, Guess what? The moment those braces and that pressure system come off, your own body's pressure system is going to change those things. And so again, it's that six cycle. So in doing these therapies and preventing that, because if we have mouth breathing as a child, you almost always end up being a sleep apnea person like myself, right? So in doing those things, we can really see that just doing some myofunctional therapy and addressing that soft tissue dysfunction really helps to stop that cycle. I know it has in myself and, and many of our shared clients and, and my, my own. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty fascinating. Actually, most
0: of the clients that Madison's worked with that are my clients, she has found an adult tongue tie in. And so these are things that just get missed. One of my clients, um, which I mean, is it's an amazing story. She's a yoga, like, well, actually she, she is an MSW. So she's very emotionally aware, like understands mental health really well. Um, She, and we know that mental health impacts things like TMJ and grinding and, and like neck yes. pain and body tension. So she had a lot of body tension. So she's, she's a crazy equipped person who like knows a lot about mental health and like personal care. And then she's like, she's actually a yoga, she's trained in yoga. Like she could be a yoga, she is a yoga teacher. And like, so she understands like how muscles work and activation and stretching and, and like posture. And then she like has seen a chiropractor and she'd seen me and I was just like, she had all the things that in my mind, I was like, she should not have all this chronic. She had chronic TMJ pain, chronic like back of head, neck tension, um, headaches. Often I even had it like taught her partner um, how to like release muscles in her head and neck, just cause it would like wake her up and she wouldn't be able to sleep. And it was like, I was like, why is it so intense for her despite all these things that she, I even hear her talk about doing. And she saw, and and I meet Madison. I'm like, tell her, I tell my client, you need to see Madison. And Madison's like, you have a crazy adult tongue tie. Why did that, why, why was this tongue tie impacting her? What's going on when you have a tongue tie or your tongue's not at the roof of your mouth where it should be?
1: That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> so when you have a tongue that is fully restricted or even partially restricted, like our shared client, it's not able to function normally. It's not able to function when you have, pro- you know, when you're just talking to someone like you and I are here, or when you're chewing and, and eating your food, because before you swallow your food, you have to prepare it for swallow. And we know how important that is for our gut health, right? Yes. So you're not able to maneuver your food in your mouth for your prep phase, as we like to call it. And then when you swallow, if your tongue is not able to get up to the roof of the mouth properly, we can swallow a lot of air. And not only that, but because that tongue cannot move freely like it should, we have a lot of other muscles that compensate for that, which contributes to that head and neck pain and TMJ pain, right? So. Then we have this word head posture because you have this restriction in the front of your head and neck that's pulling things forward. And so you get a lot of strain in the back. And not to mention having a lot of these.
0: And I and I want and sorry, but I want to even the first time I heard that, I think it didn't make sense. And for our listeners, I really want you to think like if you were to pinch, like see where your jaw or like the base of your jaw meets your neck and you pinch that area and you pull forward. That's what the tongue tie is doing. And it's, that's kind of the easiest way to imagine where it's dragging you from. It's, it's like this and it's not flexible. It's tight. It is. And so that's, that's kind of what Madison's saying with this, why it's going to cause forward head syndrome. So yeah, your tongue's a
1: powerful thing. And sorry, I interrupted you. Keep, keep going on your list. No, no, no. So like, but if you think about it, like the, the tongue is this, this muscular organ that's responsible for swallowing, right? And when it's tethered, those surrounding muscles just start to compensate. So then we are led into all of those things. That hyoid bone can't do its proper movement. So hence why I send almost all of my clients to you. So I laughed when you asked me to share someone that is not a shared client. I'm like, most of them are shared clients of ours because I almost always need to send them to you. They do so much better when they are under your guys' care at Better Belly Therapies too, but it just creates this improper movement of all of the musculature. And then we get this disharmony of the musculature. On top of that, um, it just creates a lot of feeding difficulties in infants. I mean, we're seeing stuff where they can't latch properly or they're very gassy or colicky because they're so full of air or just the, nothing's working right. Um, and then it really leads into poor hygiene, um, dental hygiene, and, and poor oral health. You get food that you're not able to maneuver well. So you may have more like bad breath, um, more cavities or crowns on your teeth. Um, you're definitely mouth breathing more. Typically it's just, it's this unfortunate domino effect where it just starts to affect all of these things in other body systems and more and more become intertwined because your body is trying to make up for something it can't do within a normal range.
0: Can I share one other thing the tongue does? it's my favorite Absolutely. It's, my, it's my favorite yeah. thing and um, because in craniosacral therapy it's actually changed how I think of my own head, let alone when I'm treating. And when your tongue's in the right spot, it actually hangs out. It like presses up on the top of your mouth. Um, and, and Madison's really good at describing where exactly, you know, tip of the tongue and stuff like that. But, but a lot, it's not like, you know, it's the tip of your tongue. Isn't like in the middle, it's like more forward and like the whole tongue's pressing up there. And when you're growing the tongue, which is a pretty big muscle is actually Helping the hard palate, the top of your mouth expand. It's an expander. When Madison told yes. me this, my brain <laughs> was like... What? Um, Mind blown. I I know, and we know how traumatic expanders can be. At least in craniosacral world, um, expanders can be very harming to having a good craniosacral rhythm. My brother had one. He also had Asperger's and ADHD, and when he got an expander in his head, his his temperament was horrible. I mean, he was angry and cranky and couldn't sleep, and his his you know like kind of just ADHD, his hyperactivity part seemed to just skyrocket. And because his craniosacral rhythm was just like flummoxed, it couldn't work. And so he couldn't detox. He couldn't get fluid through his brain. There was pressure building up that he couldn't get rid of. And that's a chronic problem when you, when you really screw with a a cranial bone, either through like an accident, like compression or like not an accident, like putting in an expander. He didn't accidentally have an expander in his mouth. So you're like trying to do a good purposeful right. You're trying to do a good thing. And there's actually some new technology out there being developed to try and have gentler expanders for, I know Madison's like so excited. I'll have you tell us, but there's, (laughs) there's expanders out there that actually can work with your cranial rhythm. So they're not so traumatic to all your other cranial bones and your like cranial sacral health. Um, But, but that's my favorite thing that the tongue does. And I actually still, I now think about it. Sometimes I'll, when I get a headache, I'll I'll see if my tongue's pressing at the top of my, my roof of my mouth or not. And oftentimes it's not. So I'll just press it up there. I'll go lay down and I'll notice that it, I'll feel a pulsing on the top of my tongue where the roof of my mouth is. And that's my cerebral spinal fluid starting to you know, where it was getting stuck and then starting to open up again. And so you can get compression in your meninges and I'm throwing out terms here that some of our, you know, listeners would be like, I've heard her Allison talk about this. I'm throwing some stuff that might be over people's heads, but we're trying to say, this is all based in anatomy guys, like medicine didn't, and the person, the person who developed myofunctional therapy was a dentist. Like it's basically PT hundred years ago, <laughs> right? A long time ago, long time ago. And like this didn't come out of nowhere. These are real things and they're just not touted by insurance and by our conventional care practices. But like, it's so real and so impactful. So that's my favorite thing the tongue does. And
1: I actually work with- <laughs> Yeah, the- it's, I love that.
0: <laughs> I work with my clients and I try to help them. And I, I've i started incorporating, will you press your tongue? to Is your tongue on the roof of your mouth? Let's press it up there while I do a, te- a sacral technique um, and to try and create yeah. that pressure system.
1: I think this is a great time to talk. And in fact, I think how I told you, cause this is one of our favorite sayings in myofunctional therapy is the lips are your face's braces
0: and ah. your tongue is
1: your natural expander. So we talk about the tongue being your natural expander and your lips, if they're properly sealed, are your face's braces. I love that saying, but this is a great time to talk about the four goals of myofunctional therapy. Just so people kind of have an idea of what myofunctional therapy addresses. We always want nasal breathing. Right. So if you're sitting wherever you are right now and your mouth is open and you're breathing through your mouth, you're not breathing through your nose. We need to address that, whether it's you checking in on yourself or coming and seeing, you know, a myofunctional therapist, uh, whether it's in your area or in ours or online. But nasal breathing, nasal breathing is so important. And I know your last podcast was on breath and it's a wonderful listen, um, and gosh, we could really dive into the benefits of nasal breathing and nitric oxide production and what that does. And just, if you're breathing through your nose, you're, you're filtering your air and you're warming your air and you're humidifying your air. You're producing nitric oxide, just like when you're humming, which is one of the okay, things we, what's we nitric, talked about. What does nitric oxide do real quick? <laughs> Cause this is where the humming so, thing comes. I in. love that. Right. So <laughs> nitric oxide is, is a molecule that we make, and I'll just give you the basics on it, but it's a vasodilator. It helps to protect the body from infection.
0: Vasodilator means it it opens up blood vessels. It like makes the blood vessels expand.
1: It's almost like a a cumulative action, if you will. Right. Um, And it helps to protect the body from bacterial infections and viral infections. In fact, with all of the stuff happening with COVID, they've actually been trying to come up with a nitric oxide spray to help mitigate that if you will. So you're getting nitric oxide production. You're getting proper O2 or oxygen exchange and CO2 exchange. And we don't really talk about CO2 that much, but it's another vasodilator that has really cumulative effects and, and helps to get you into that parasympathetic state and out of that fight or flight state, which was something you mentioned last time. And I think that's so important, especially for rest and digest, right? Um so nasal breathing is our first goal. And if we're not nasal breathing, we're doing some breathing exercises. Um, and we're really working on diaphragmatic breathing, which was something you mentioned last time and really getting that diaphragm to really use its full capacity because of course, every time we breathe, we're using our diaphragm, right? But we, we don't want to be breathing out of our chest and that stresses out all of the musculature up here. And not to mention it, it helps really evenly distribute our oxygen in our blood, in our lungs and in what that whole system does for our body. But not only that, it just, it puts a lot of stress on these muscles of of the upper chest. So we want to do our belly breathing or diaphragmatic breathing. Um, That's huge. So if we're not doing that, see a myofunctional therapist or do some breath work and and dive deeper into that. Um, Our second is a goal is to keep our lips sealed or our lips together in, in dentistry we say lips sealed but just keeping our lips closed and lips together if our lips are open that's not good that can lead to craniofacial development um, that dries out the oral cavity usually if our lips are open we're mouth breathing whether we realize it or not i can't tell you how many clients that i ask if they mouth breathe or, or nasal breathe, and they're like, Oh, I breathe through my nose, but their mouth is hanging open. So they're not just breathing through their nose, right? So um that's one thing that's really important is that, that our lips are sealed. They're together um at rest. So anytime that we are not talking to each other, anytime that we're not eating or drinking, our lips should be closed. And we can't do step, we, like they all come together. If if we're nasal breathing, our lips need to be closed. And our third Goal And the one that I think we really focus on in myofunctional therapy, a lot of our exercises are based on this, which is basically what myofunctional therapy is, is a a very wonderful in tune um, exercise based program. Our third goal is to have our tongue up on the palate and not just the tip of the tongue, but we want it to really fill the palate like a blanket, if you will. And so um, if, if you are sitting here listening to this and your tongue is sitting low in your lower jaw, or it's pressing against your teeth, or it's in between your teeth, that's something that you, you will want to look into further. You know, that's an indicator of a myofunctional disorder. So anytime again, that we're not talking, we're not eating or drinking, our tongue should be up on our palate. And I like to tell people, you said, I'm very good at telling people where to put their tongue. I like to tell people that say N, right? And where our tongue ends up, it should be on what we call the alveolar ridge or the space behind our front teeth, not against our front teeth, but behind our front teeth. And so that's where the tip should be. And then the rest of the tongue should be like a blanket that just falls onto that palate all the way from front to back. And if our tongue doesn't do that, and maybe it's just the tip of the tongue that's up but the the bottom of or the back of the tongue is down and we have this almost hammock like um, tongue posture, that's going to create problems too. And we know that that'll affect um, our soft palate that'll affect our sinus. And speaking of sinus, right. That'll affect our sinus development because our palate, which the tongue helps expand and, and create this beautiful broad palate that we should have. And most don't, including myself, um unfortunately i have a very high narrow palate means that my sinuses did not develop correctly because the palate is the floor of the sinuses and so i have a deviated septum because i was a mouth breather and my tongue sat low so when i was developing and all of this happens in a very young age you know most of the development of the jaw happens i think between um 6 and, and 9 years old is the majority of it or 4 and 9 years old don't fully quote me on that but i don't have that exact that wrote down but If we're mouth breathing and our tongue is sitting low, our palate is just going to be this high vaulted, narrow palate or V-shaped. If you kind of open your your mouth and tilt your head back, you can see that. And um, I'm a perfect example of that. In fact, I'll be doing some adult expansion, but gentle expansion to help with um, my craniofacial development because it was not perfect growing up. I had trauma to my face. I was a mouth breather. So like I said, I sat in this class and read through all of the, the, the course and, and learned all this stuff and said, huh, wish I would have had myself when I was a kid because here I am with all of these issues. Um, and I, I think it, it kind of stems down to breath and breath work. I can't tell you how much I think that matters sleep, sleep function and and proper restful sleep and quality sleep, not quantity, although that matters too, but quality sleep. And because of that, my development has changed. And, um, so, yeah, you know, I think that's a a really important thing to talk about. So those, so that's our third one. (laughs) And then our last, last goal of myofunctional therapy, our fourth one is the correct swallow, because if we don't have the proper swallow, um, we can be swallowing air. We can have a tongue thrust swallows. So typically if your tongue sits low in your mouth, that tongue thrust forward or pushes forward to swallow instead of how it properly should be on our palate, sealing stuff and pushing that food or water back. So um, we can start swallowing a lot of air or, you know, just have a lot of issues with food not being properly broken down. And I know you can dive into that a lot deeper. So those are four main goals of myofunctional therapy. So just to reiterate, because that was long winded nasal breathing, lip seal, tongue on the roof of the mouth and proper swallow. So if we don't have those things, you should seek a myofunctional therapist, or at least bring awareness to what you're doing and see if you can do, you know, some stuff to self-correct. I think that's really important.
0: I love it. Um, kind of onto that then,
1: how can someone find an orofacial myofunctional therapist? You know, that is a great question. Um, one of my favorite places to go uh, is the International Association of Orofacial Myology or the IAOM. And they have a website. I think it's the IOM.org or IOM.com. I'm not sure, well, but they have a directory on there. Okay. Yeah. So we'll put that in the show notes. Um, but that they have a directory. So of course, um, if you're in the Ann Arbor area or Southeast Michigan area, I'm happy to see you, but you can also jump on the IAOM and see if you have a myofunctional therapist in your area or, um, many of them do online, um, therapies and online intakes. Even, um, I am a huge, I' a huge proponent for doing hands on intakes. I think it's really important to feel the muscles as they're functioning, to really observe them in person, and then do online therapy. But you can um, you can do completely online therapy as well. So there's there's a lot of options out there to find someone who practices OMT.
0: Awesome. We will keep, we'll, we'll get the right link. We'll get it in the show notes for y'all. So you can find, so when it does OMC, I mean, I'm serious. I'm, I'm a huge proponent that I'm going to make sure that my children are being evaluated, that, um, it, I'm, I'm going to monitor their craniosacral development from however I can, but you know, I'm not a tongue expert, things like that. Oh, I have lots of books. of. I have lots of books of things I recommend too. I know right. if I'm like, oh, do you want to share, stuff up. do you think there are books that people could read that would really help
1: expose yeah them to stuff? Absolutely. Um, Like I said, I think breath work is one of the most important things. So I I recommend to all of my people, and this is a really great book. I, you know, I love Audible. (laughs) Allison and I talk about books almost always. Every (laughs) conversation we have revolves around some book or something. Um, The book Breath by James Nestor is a really good intro and segue into how important nasal breathing is. Um, so I think that's a really good starting point. Um, Patrick McEwen is kind of the current leader in Buteco breathing, which again can be a whole other podcast in itself, but Buteco breathing and the idea that our world chronically hyperventilates or breathes, And that's why a lot of people are yawning or, um, sighing frequently and stuff like that so constipation Ewan,
0: constipation could be linked right? to
1: to hyper breathing and, and not breathing deeply enough cuz
0: when we breathe we actually mo- mobilize the transverse colon and that's part of how the body gets a natural thing natural movement acid reflux can often be co- caused by under breathing because the the diaphragm mobilizes the top part of the stomach and kind of people any any exactly. if you are listening to this podcast and you cr- and you frequently experience this like feeling like you need to burp but you can't that is saying that you have a restriction on the left side of your body that is not letting your diaphragm drop. Um, And so that's something you can help with visceral manipulation. That like stuckness in the chest where we breathe in the chest and not in the diaphragm can sometimes be caused by restrictions in the thorax, which I work with as well. So just showing how like these therapies, we're not making them up and just like saying, oh, you should try this because it's like a spa day. It's like really anatomically profound. Um, oh, it is. so got it. it. Really so, is. so we have breath. I know actually it was, I think
1: it was a New York times bestseller by James Nestor. It was so, yes. And, um, <laughs> he's on audible. He wrote, he, um, he did his own narrating of the book, which was fantastic as well. Um, Patrick McEwen has a couple of books. I really like the oxygen advantage and he just came out with the breathing cure. Um, and I'm a total nerd. I just got it last night and I'm super excited. I haven't even, um, really dived into that book yet. But um, Patrick McEwen has a lot of really great um, books on the science of things and really great breath exercises. So that's another one. And then when we're talking about moms and developing children, right, and stuff that they can do to help set their kids up for success. This is one one of the things that for all these moms that are listening, and uh, even providers who see see moms or see children. And this is something I gift every single one of my pregnant friends and family members, um, is this book it's by Diane Barr. She is a speech language, therapist, um, speech language pathologist. She's also, um, an oral facial myologist. So she practices myofunctional therapy. She wrote this book called nobody ever told me or my mother that, and I know you can't really see it because of the way my background is set, but, um, this really walks through all the stuff that you can look for and addressing your children, looking for a tongue tie, looking for any developmental differences that you may want to bring up to a provider. I think that's important. But it also talks about how important early, um, like, or how important nursing is and early um, Whole Foods feedings and, and how we can really do that to do development. Chewing is so important for our jaw development. And nobody talks about that. So I had mentioned earlier in the podcast about how a lot of children are on soft food diets and and how that is causing a lot of our shrinking jaws, if you will. And in this book, we talk about how important chewing is for jaw development and different things that you can do different um like adjuncts you can use for doing feeding even for younger kids that like those fresh feeders. Munchkin fresh feeders are one of the best things you can give kids because you can put harder foods in there for them to chew on. Um I'm also a mild munchy practitioner and that's another thing I throw a lot of my clients into um because it gets them chewing and it gets them breathing at a really young age. Is that something people really people
0: can order on their own or is that something that um They they have to like they should be working with a myofunctional therapist to do this. What is it called? Munchies.
1: Myo Munchie. Um, that's a fantastic. Yep, Myo Munchie. Um, fantastic question. It is available to purchase right through the Myo Munchie um, company, who I love. Mary Burke is the owner of the company. I've done a lot of training with her. Um, she is a chiropractor. Um, over um, in Australia, which is where the company is based. Um, so you can purchase this on your own. It is better when you have a myofunctional therapist, because what they can do is look for any muscle disharmonies. If they're not nasal breathing, they may be able to help you, especially with the little ones. Like I usually say, see kids four and up. Um, that's when I actually start treatment, but I may help point them in the right direction. Like, Hey, your child is struggling with this. They need to see a speech language pathologist, or they need to see an occupational therapist, or they need to see an ENT where I love you parents, but sometimes you need direction. And I don't want you to stress about that. That's stressful. It's your child. And so we even see this with professionals when they have children, like don't try to treat your own child because it's scary and your head is not in the right place. Have someone come and help you. Right. So it's the same thing with that senses have a professional that can help point you in the right direction to help these kids develop properly. So, um, while you can use the myo on your own, I do recommend getting some help with a myo practitioner. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, Madison, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I do remember you said you had an activity, something people could try for their own myofunctional health. Is it something that you can guide us in real quick before we close out?
1: Absolutely. Um, It's funny, I was going to do like a breathing exercise, but I feel like we're, you know, I think the most important thing is just bringing awareness to yourself, right? So there are some things we can do that help us with um, those four goals I talked about. But the biggest thing is becoming aware and I think I teach my patients that a lot of people will leave after my intake which I know you've been through so you can share right which is exciting um she gets so she, you get to eat in this she watches yes. you eat <laughs> it's the weird it's the weirdest thing I do in my my line of work is watching people eat and I tell you like nope you're not going to swallow yet I want to see the food in your mouth how weird is that yeah <laughs> but it's part of it, I love it um but just you know a lot of my clients when they come back, Uh, for their second appointment will be like, you know, I have noticed so much that I didn't realize I even did like mouth breathing, like, um, you know, certain mouth fixations, if you will. You know, sometimes people say that, or yeah, I mouth breathe all the time. I had no idea. My posture is really poor. So just awareness. So, and I do this with a lot of my clients. I'll have them set alarms to check in with their tongue posture to check in with their full body posture, because I'm not just looking at your head and neck and your tongue. We look at your body as a whole. I think that's very important when treating. And I think that's why we work so well together because we're just treating, you know, treating the body as a whole and and learning when we can help bridge that gap. Right. So awareness is huge. Checking in is huge. Humming. If you're not going to do anything else, humming is fantastic. That was something we talked about. Um, if you're struggling with keeping your lips together and you can, can I, breathe can actually, through your nose. Yes. Can I actually add one thing? Yes.
0: Humming Absolutely. with your tongue at the roof of your mouth um, is actually, yes. it's, it's actually interesting. I've noticed that humming with the tongue at your roof of your mouth can actually be harder, but, and I'm a, I'm a trained vocalist. You actually get better vocal production when you do that. So, um, there's a couple of reasons why, but, uh, yeah, so actually that's another thing that I would say, have your tongue with that blank, go and N sound, put the tongue as a blanket and then N-n-n-n-n. you can like just make noises or you could actually like hum a tune or something. Um, and that's actually going to be huge.
1: It is. And they've done studies that you actually produce more nitric oxide when you're humming, which is fantastic for you. So, um, yeah. Having the tongue in the correct posture, which is another thing, but humming, so you can do something where you take not even a full breath in, but like, let's say 60 to 70% your normal breath capacity in, and then you hum your exhale. That's fantastic for you. So that's something you could do for five, 10 minutes before bed. You'll actually sleep better. That's You'll actually have better heart rate ability increasing your bagel. Tone. There's so many things we could go on about. Um, I know we're at our end, but humming and having the tongue up um, in the correct position. So always watching your tongue posture. So that's another thing with your awareness, checking in. If your tongue is not on the roof of the mouth, that's where it needs to be like a blanket, right? So a lot of my clients, this is something you can do on your own that can help increase your lip seal and your tongue posture, is practicing holding a bread tab, right? Those little things that you use to close your bread bags, or a popsicle stick or a paper clip. Although, you know, with those, we like to have them tied to something, including the bread tabs, just because it can be a choking hazard, but putting that in between your lips, not your teeth, but just your lips. So you're practicing having nice facial resting posture. So no muscles are really heavily engaged, but you're just resting your muscles and putting that bread tab in between your lips and you're holding it there. And your tongue is up on the roof of the mouth, like a blanket that's really good neuromuscular re-education to teach your brain, that's where your tongue and your lips should be at rest. So that is something that's really good. If you're not going to do anything else, that's a really good action item. But if you're struggling with that, please seek out a myofunctional therapist, Um, watching your posture, yeah, all of those things. But if, if you're struggling with any of those things, see a myofunctional therapist, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Madison,
0: I thank you so much for coming onto our podcast and sharing your wisdom and just exposing people to this whole other world of opportunity and um, possibility for impacting some really major stuff: apnea, um, digestive health, you know, muscular tension, TMJ, um, sinus breathing, all sorts of stuff. I mean, so valuable. So, uh, if you are in the southeast region of Michigan around Ann Arbor, and you want to see Madison, we, we will have her email in the show notes. so You can email her. We're also going to have a link to Dexter dental studio and their page for myofunctional therapy, where you can see, I believe a picture of Madison. I think I've been there before, um, and check out their program and call them. You do not have to be, you don't one question, probably the most common question I get is, do you have to, do I have to, you know, be a Whatever, patient of Dexterdale Studio. Yep. Yeah. No, you don't. You don't have <laughs> yeah. to be patient. You can still see Madison. Um, if you're not uh in the Southeast Michigan region, then we will have a link where you can find an OMT um for yourself. And we'll also have a link for all the books that Madison shared. So Madison, yeah. thank you so much for coming and being on the Better Belly podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Allison. This was great.
0: Was that episode mind-blowing or what? I loved my conversation with Madison and she all the resources she was able to give If I have one takeaway from our conversation today, it is that the body is so complex and so beautiful and meant and built to work. And so if you are having any problems in your health, if you or any of your children are having any problems in their health, especially with any airway problems, sleeping problems, feeling rested in the morning, restless legs, all these different things that go on, teeth problems, mouth problems, jaw problems, neck tension, myofunctional therapy might be an option for you or for your child. There are solutions and options and I hope that this episode has introduced you to one more way that the world is getting more and more amazing. If you have been listening to our podcast and you love what you've been finding, I would love and invite you and encourage you to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We have a link in the show notes so you could just hop on over there and leave us a rating and review. It would mean so much and would be so helpful for others like you to find this podcast and be able to get that life-changing information the way you have. Well, I thank you for joining us on today's episode. If you want to connect with Madison, you can email her at madison at dexterdentalstudios.com. That link will be in the show notes and she can have a 15 minute conversation with you if you are in the Dexter, Ann Arbor region or Southeast region of Michigan. I hope you have a great day and we will see you on next week's podcast.